cool bananas. Thank you for that. We have been doing a series. This is our second month on the Roman road. So we've been looking at uh, teaching from the book of Romans, which has got 16 chapters. Imagine writing a letter to people that had 16 chapters. I can remember leaving home. I think I'd just turned 17 and went to Taranaki to work on a dairy farm. And I used to write written letters to my mother and a close auntie. I used to write letters. And here's a letter that's 16 chapters long, um, which is pretty, pretty impressive. Um, so I'm going to be looking at three verses from Romans chapter 12. And uh, this is verses 3 through 5, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 12. And verses 3, 4, and 5. Verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you your word actually says about itself that it is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword that pierces even to the division of our soul and spirit and discerns the thoughts and intentions of our heart. I thank you that your word goes out by the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. I thank you for peace and order over my mind as I present what you've, uh, what you've told me to say. And I pray for each person sitting here under the sound of my voice that they would hear your Holy Spirit speaking to them, not just Dave, but your Holy Spirit and receive it as such. Thank you, Father, and the authority of Christ. Amen. Cool. Um, this three verses is what I'm going to be talking about today. And I want you to remember um, four things. Grace, humility, responsibility, and the body of Christ. Those are four things I'm, I'm speaking about this morning. So Paul starts off with this um, privilege is my privilege and authority. In the um, New King James Version, it says, I say through the grace given to me. So it's interesting that he talks about grace. And in the modern translation, it says privilege and authority. The first thing I want to think about is he says, I say to you, who's this I? This guy's name's Paul. And he has an interesting background. I believe it's probably one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. We have a man here who started out as a, as a, a Jewish man, but he was a Pharisee. That means he was really schooled up in the Jewish laws of the day. And he upheld those laws to the letter and lived by them. And one of his greatest nemesis was these people called Christians. 
and they worshipped this guy called Jesus and they followed him even though they'd killed this guy. The Jews had killed this guy. These followers were out there saying that Jesus had come back to life, preaching all this rubbish that the Pharisees thought was absolute heresy. And this guy called Saul at the time who became Paul, he decided he was going to get in with the Pharisees and stamp this heresy out. So he pursued Christians with a, a venom and a persistence that sent some of them to prison, killed some of them. There's records and acts of him being part of a group that stoned a guy called Stephen. They, they lined him up, arrested him and threw rocks at him till he died. And one of the things that struck Paul about this young man, as he was dying, he said, Lord, don't hold their sin against them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that's, that was him. And then he carried on persecuting of the Christians until one day he came face to face undeniably with Jesus. Met him on a road, bright light. You probably know the story. And it affected him so much that if you read the book of Galatians, it took him something like 13 years to get over that shock and impact of his whole belief system was wrong whole belief system was wrong. So here we have that same man some 30 years later, to put it in historical perspective, this is around 60, 63 AD that he's writing this letter. He's not actually writing it, he's dictating it. If you read chapter 16, it shows you the guy that's writing it, Paul's scribe, it actually, he actually signs a little letter and then said, oh, this is Tiberius or something that, you know, I'm writing this for Paul. So, you know, he was a, a scribe. He must have been a, a very good writer, 16 chapters to take it through. So that's Paul, this man that had come face to face with Christ. And he, he starts off these few verses by saying, because of the privilege and authority God has given me. The older translations mention grace. What is grace? It is God's favour poured out upon undeserving people. And he says here, because of the privilege and authority God has given me. That shows me a man with a humble heart. You know, what is Christianity all about? It's about receiving a gift, receiving a gift, not trying to earn the gift. It's about receiving a gift. And this man did that. He received the gift and he took responsibility for it. It says privilege. He honoured the grace God had shown to him. He did not take that grace for granted. He honoured what Christ had done for him in forgiving him. He actually says in one of his letters that he was the chief of all sinners and the least of all disciples because he had persecuted and hated on the church. He said that about himself. And yet he received that gift of grace. Authority, he says. My definition of authority is the wise and humble use of responsibility for the benefit of others. He took responsibility for that gift. And it's, he said about himself, he had a great love for the church and he poured his life out until a Roman sword severed his head from his shoulders. He gave his life in prison for us. And so he wrote these, had these letters dictated from Romans through 
right through into First um, and Second Timothy, Thessalonians. He had all that this dictated those letters out for, and we have them now. We know more about this man than anybody else in the Bible because of his letters. Next thing it says in verse three, it says, be warned. This man had a love for people and uh, took the responsibility seriously for people that he actually was prepared to warn them about things that he could see they were doing wrong. And he says this, don't, he says, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. The older version said, be sober in the way you think about yourself, serious and sensible. To carry our faith with humility and not pride and arrogance. Pride makes us artificial. Humility makes us real. True humility is not groveling in self-pity. It is the right estimate of ourselves as God sees us. So we think about humility as uh, groveling, being the loser, taking the back seat. But I believe what Paul's talking about is that our humility actually sees ourselves the way God sees us. How does he see us? In Paul's letters, it said he sees us because of what Christ has done and our acceptance of Christ. He sees us holy, righteous, and true. He sees us without blemish and faultless. That's what he says about us. That's how we should see ourselves in a humble way. We are sometimes taught not to be inward looking, but I believe Paul here is asking us to check ourselves out where we stand with God. So I just want you to close your eyes right now. Holy Spirit, I just let you just flow amongst us right now. Just check ourselves out as we check out where we stand in relation to humility. Father, and I take myself in this, Father, Holy Spirit, just speak to us in areas where we're being prideful or arrogant. But I think more for me, Father, and I'm sure it's for other people here, I just pray that we check ourselves out as how we see ourselves in relation to how the Word of God talks about us. Do you see yourself poor and weak and barren? Or do you see yourself filled with the Holy Spirit and able to do what God has called you to do? Holy Spirit, just have your way amongst our hearts this morning that you'll just speak to us about that. Teach us what true humility is to live in the way that you have created us to be because of Christ. I thank you for that. Thank you for that. So just give it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Awesome. It's good to be still sometimes and just think about these things. And, you know, you might be out there saying, well, you know, Dave, I don't really believe any of this stuff. I don't really believe about Jesus or the Holy Spirit or angels or hell or whatever. And I just say to you, um, with real boldness and courage, in a still time by yourself, just say to the Lord, if you're real, show me. Just, and he will. He will through people, through different circumstances. I believe that. In verse three, it says we are, we're supposed to measure ourselves by the faith God has given you. Um, 
another translation says, by the standard of our God-given faith. Or another one, the message of faith God has assigned to me. I just want to read you um, verse 3 from a real modern translation called the Message Bible. And this is verse 3 of Romans 12 from the Message Bible. I am speaking to you out of a deep, gratitude for all God has given me. Do you hear that from a deep gratitude? This is Paul humbling himself and receiving the grace of God. I speak to you out of a deep gratitude for all God has done for me. And as especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Hear that word. You know, in, the, in our modern day and age, we hear a lot about people's rights. I want the human rights. We, I got a right to be this. I got a right to this. I want that because it's my right. But we don't often hear about responsibilities. What are our responsibilities to other people? And I, I, you know, I, I know quite a few young men and, and young men in this house that are taking responsibility for their families and working hard and loving their children and loving their wives. I just want to honour you for that, guys. Honour you. You know who you are. And I, I just all kudos to you. It's not an easy thing to do. Being there, done that, having that balance of keeping the family, providing, keeping your faith, all that, you know, it's, it's, it's big. It's big to the Lord. As especially I have responsibilities for you. He took upon himself the responsibilities for the church. Then it says, living then as every one of you does in pure grace. I was thinking about, you know, the most dangerous thing we ever do is drive on the roads. And I was thinking about this the other day, driving along, and I was thinking all I would have to do, doing 100 Ks, would be for that car coming towards me just to go across the medium strip. Bang. And I was thinking, and I, I just, all the times I thought, you know, you sort of take things for granted. I thought to myself, Lord, thank you. You know, thank you. We live in pure grace. I love that expression. Pure grace. Next it says, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness or this grace to God. No, God brings it all to you. Listen to this. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what or who God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are or what we do for Him. See, that's that relationship of grace. You know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes in me, pride and arrogance can tend to climb up inside me and I can elevate myself above what I probably should think how I am and, and the way I talk to people. And, and then you stop and you think, Lord, the only thing that's good in me is what you've placed in me. And that's the attitude this man is trying to communicate to us. Not by what we are or what we have done for him, but what he's done for us. His pure grace. Christ dying for us when we were his enemies. Awesome. We live in pure grace. That's got to produce thankfulness. God brings all goodness to us and shows us his mercy. We measure and evaluate and understand ourselves through his love for us. Only by honestly seeing who God is and what he has done for us 
do we see who we truly are. We get the right balance within ourselves when we humbly acknowledge the gift of love and acceptance his faith has given to us. Years ago, when I was probably 19, 20, I was shepherding on a um, sheep and beef farm down the Mangakahia Road. And um, I had 2,000 ewes that were my personal responsibility. And I just started going to this crazy Pentecostal church who another shepherd mate of mine was helping pastor in Kaikoi. And I'd been brought up in a traditional church and then through my teenage years, you know, I'd done the teenage thing and didn't want anything to do with church and walked away. I guess my dear old mum, she was probably praying hard out for me. But anyway, this friend of mine got me to go to this Pentecostal church in Kaikoi. And I came in and they had, they're raising their hands and they're jumping around. There was a lady with a flag running around. And I thought, I thought to myself, they're nutters. I've come to a nut house. And so I, I, I thought, this is crazy stuff, you know? So what I used to do, I used to quite like the preaching. Um, so I would stand outside the door of the church and let the praise and worship get over with. And then I would come in and sit on the back row in case some person, because you had this lady there that used to give words of knowledge, and it used to terrify me. And, and some, sometimes, you know, if, if I'd been messing up, I'd repent and do all this confession before I came to church in case the lady, you boy, sitting right there, you know, used to terrify me. So I'd sit on the back row, so if I had to gap it real quick, I could. And, little, and then Howie Edwards, he, he would take me along to this, this home group and they spoke in tongues and all this, this went before we were married and I'd say to Howie, oh, excuse me, how are I going to go? You know, I went something, just, I thought, you know, Fruit Loops. And little, little, little by little, little by little, I started to get used to the culture of church and you've got to understand, you know, people coming in that have never been in a church environment, especially Pentecostal, you know, it's a big you know, it's a big thing here. And one of the things with the farm was we did tradi- traditional lambing beats. So I would have um, two months of the year where I'd be on a horse all the time, going around steep hill country, managing these 200 ewes, lambing ewes, and Miss Mother stuff and all that. And, and I actually, in those two months, this just shows you how addictive this church, crazy church, I missed them. You know, I missed this crazy bunch of people that, you know, spoke in tongues and it really um, affected me and, and it was sort of contagious. And I thought, you know, there's, there's people here that really know the Lord, really know the Lord. And I say that, um, I just want to read now um, verses four and five of Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> because it seems like Paul, he's, he said, you know, don't think you are better than what you are and all that. And then he seems to get on a totally different wavelength. And this is the New Living Translation. And it says this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. We need each other. Now this is, this is an illustration that Paul gives several times in the New Testament about how the church is like a human body. And it's fascinating. 
Fascinating. Very interesting way that he had this revelation, each part with a special function. So it is with the body of Christ. We all belong to each other. One translation actually says we need each other. Now I'm going to read these two verses now from that modern translation called the Message Bible. And this is um, verse four and five from the Message Bible. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Get that? Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. The body we are talking about is Christ's body of chosen people or the body of Christ. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body, let us go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. We need each other. You know, the thing I discovered when I was shepherding all those years ago about the church and that's been growing in me through these years, you know, we spent 30 years in that church in Kaikui and then we sold the farm and we came to Kitty Kitty. And then four years later, we started coming and fellowshipping with Paul and Ruth. And what happened was we got prayed out of the church in Kaikui and before we actually joined Excite, there was a gap of a few weeks and Glennis and I felt lost because we weren't part of the church. It was really weird. From transitioning from thinking there are a bunch of nutters and fruit loops to missing them and feeling such a part of them, Glennis would cry because she'd missed the people. I went back to Kaiko a few weeks ago for a tangi and you just slot back in again, you know, like you'd never left. And it was being part of that like a, like a family. And we've been here, I don't know, seven, eight years now. And, and you get that. And what I want to say to you is this is something the Lord's been talking about. You are not just coming to church. You are not, it's not just about coming to church. It's about being part of the body of Christ. And I, I just want to leave you with this thought that we disrespect quite often being part of the body of Christ and what that means. What that means. We let things come between us and our part in the body. And did you hear what that message Bible said? It says that we get, where is it? Um, we get our, each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. And I was thinking about this, you know, you might think this is really weird, but I, I was thinking that, you know, what would happen if I woke up one morning and um, I couldn't see and I couldn't feel my feet and I said to Glennis, I can't see and I can't feel my feet. And she'd say to me, oh, your feet and your eyes have gone out and you're watching Sponge, SpongeBob SquarePants on the TV. And, you know, that, that part of the body has gone. And I can't see and I, I can't, can't walk. And, and that, you might think that's weird, but you think about it as a body. You know, if each of the parts of the body aren't doing their part, if they're not even here, if they're not here, then we're missing out as a whole. 
You see? And so my main point is this, and I'm going to close with this, this thought. Paul, I believe here, is communicating his honour to the grace of God that we live in grace. He had a humble attitude towards who he was because he saw himself with that mission that God had given him. And that was his heart and he was going for that. And then he took responsibility for that. What does that mean? He acted on that for the benefit of other people. He wasn't just thinking about himself. He poured out his life for other people. And then he had that revelation of being part of the body of Christ, being part of the body of Christ. So I just, I just pray, Father, I, I just pray right now that each of us would have the revelation and the understanding that we just don't just truck along to church, but we're part of the body of Christ. We're part of a living organism that is called to represent Christ accurately to the people of this crazy mixed up planet. And we need each other together, pulling in the same direction, using the gifts and talents that each of us have to see that end fulfilled.